Hi, and welcome to the 5-Minute Check-In. Today, we're going to take a close look at colorectal cancer screening, and this is one in a series of conversations we're having around cancer screening. And to help me in this conversation today, I have two guests with me again. I have Dr. Ankita Sagar, our System Vice President for Clinical Standards and an Associate Professor at Creighton University. Ankita, thank you for joining me. Great to be back. Thanks. Thank you. And new to the 5-Minute Check-In today, we have... Dr. Devi uh, Krishnamuti, uh, who is a colorectal surgeon and an associate professor at Creighton University. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So let's get started. Ankara, you know, we've been talking a lot about, you know, cancer screening and having risk stratification, which is, you know, something important now. And also, honestly, just changes in how we think about this. So we have to constantly be looking at this and updating it. So tell us what you did here for colorectal cancer. Yeah, so as you mentioned, science has evolved. We have more data when it comes to what are risk factors for colorectal cancer. And based on that, multiple updates have been done. One is to the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force, which looks at the average risk person. So we've taken their guidelines and we've merged with the NCCN guidelines, which really delves into the above average risk person, in this case for colorectal because we wanted to make it easy for the primary care to look at one single piece of paper and decide, is this an average risk person or is this above average? And what do I do about it? I mean, we're always getting challenged because we're always changing. And you know, board questions are always floating around, like what's the change and this, that, and the other thing. So thank you for simplifying that for the physicians and the APPs on the front lines. And Dr. Krishnamurti, how would you summarize those guidelines now? What, What is the bottom line on those? So when I think about if someone um, is average risk or not, I really start with the question of if this is a screening or a diagnostic test. So already those patients that I'm seeing with symptoms will not fit into the screening criteria. So now asymptomatic patients that are age 45 to 75 are the ones that will get screened. And then we have to decide if they have any high risk factors such as positive family history of colorectal polyps or cancer, not just in first degree, but also second and third degree relatives. And then other problems such as Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, cystic fibrosis, and childhood cancer. So if they have any of those things positive, then they would be in the high risk. And if they don't have any of those, then be average risk. Got it. So the main thing right now is a diagnostic. We have to make that very clear. Somebody has symptoms or issues. That is not a screening test. That is now a diagnostic workup. Then we go into the average risk. And, and then we break those into high versus average. All right, so that's perfect. And now there's a lot of options here. And I'm gonna, Anka and I always talk about this. Anka tells me her favorite test is the one test that- You complete. <laughs> that's my favorite screening test. Thank you. It's And I agree with you 100%. So we can have a lot of discussions, this, that, and the other thing. Bottom line is get screened uh, and make sure our patients are getting screened. And uh, Dr. Krishnamurti, you think about this in terms of, you know, you, you or your surgeon, what, what, what is your mindset on what's the best or best approach with this conversation with our patients? And maybe Dr. Sagar, we'll come back to you and talk about that. So uh, the patient preference that I always like to approach this with is would they have like to have a procedure that has to be repeated less frequently versus mm-hmm. a stool-based test that they have to comply at a more frequent rate, uh, such as the fit test, the color guard or the stool cards. But any of those tests that they commit to, they have to agree that if they are positive, they would be followed up with a colonoscopy to continue to finish the continuum of screening. Yeah, I think we often forget some, a lot of these are gonna be positive and you're gonna end up with a colonoscopy anyway. So 
Um, but so, you know, in general, I think as clinicians, we mostly prefer the colonoscopy, but we do have to offer the patient these options. Um, Dr. Sagar, what do you, any comments on this in terms of approaching our patients? I think that shared decision-making is so key that uh, Dr. Krishnamurti just mentioned, that it really has to be a conversation that we have with the patient to A, say, these are your options, here's the menu. A, are you committing to doing this every year if you want to do a stool or every three years? And can you commit to doing a colonoscopy if they come back positive? Yeah. Um, because if they say, I'd rather just get the colonoscopy once and done, then you have your answer to move forward with the colonoscopy. Yeah. And I think people often forget the CT scan. You do have to do bowel prep. So you, you don't you don't get out of that. So we just have to be very clear on that. Very quick. Why don't we end on a very interesting thing that's been in the news, um, you know, tragic loss of a famous movie star, a young, young man and, you know, metastatic colon cancer. And this has been a hot conversation about, hey, are younger folks now slowly getting more at risk for particularly metastatic cancer? So Dr. Krishnamurti, any comments on that? And then we'll end with you, Dr. Sagar. I think if you look at the statistics nationally, you can see that the incidence um, and prevalence of colorectal cancer overall is decreasing. But when we break it up by age group, the people that are seeing the benefit are the 50 to uh, 75 year old versus mm -hmm. the people that are younger than 50, the incidence seems to be creeping up. Now, I don't know what's causing this, uh, but about 13% of patients being diagnosed with colorectal cancers are younger than 50, which is why USPSTF changed the guidelines. Right. Uh, so I think it's important to be mindful of this in two ways, as recommend colorectal cancer screening for all people who are older than 45, as the guidelines suggest, but also keep an eye out for younger patients complaining of symptoms that may be related to colorectal cancers and have high index of suspicion so that we can diagnose sure. these patients early. Great. Last word on this, uh, Dr. Sagar? I think it goes back to our earlier point that, you know, there has to be a discussion about symptoms. And if symptoms are there, patients need to be screened quickly um, or not even screened. They need to go to diagnostic testing very quickly. Um, we're not going to wait until they're 45. Um, yeah. And I think science is still evolving on understanding risk factors for the younger population. But still, on average, when you're turning 45 and it's your birthday, I want you to think about colorectal cancer screening. Get that 45-year-old birthday gift. Get a colonoscopy, exactly. a bowel prep and colonoscopy. Great. Well, fascinating conversation. This is a dynamic space. We know it's going to change, and that's why we do this, right? So thank you both for joining me today. Well, thanks for joining me, and I'll see you in two weeks at the next 5-Minute Check-In.